Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is the Duly Noted Podcast. We're going to talk some college effing football. Everything Florida Gators. Put that in your pipe. With your host. It's my podcast and I'll cry if I want to. Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted Podcast. There aren't going to be very many more of these. You may have read this on Facebook or Twitter, but I am retiring from the Gainesville Sun in two weeks. I'll give you the schedule of what we're going to do. Uh, don't think that there's not going to be another podcast. It will be. There will be another duly noted podcast somewhere. I don't know where the platform is going to be, but there will be one. Okay. Uh, and I will let everybody know either going by on um, Twitter, Facebook, or my new email address, patrickdooley54 at gmail.com. So I'm sure the. Uh, I'm sure the people at Gannett aren't thrilled that I'm advertising that, but I don't care. It's my podcast, right? It's my podcast, and I'll cry if I want to. I won't cry, and I'm not going to get into it too much about uh, leaving the paper. It's going to be. It's very sad, and uh, Robbie and I are both going. And on. So here's what we're going to do. Next week, we'll have one podcast on Wednesday. We'll combine all the stuff we normally do. Uh, because uh, of the holiday, obviously. We want to spend Thursday with our family. Um, on Tuesday, the following Tuesday, which will be the last podcast, because it's our last day of work, um, Robbie and I will do one together. We're going to do an entire 45 minutes uh, just telling stories and talking about our experiences covering the Gators. Uh, I I would say it's can't miss, because we have some great stories, and some of them we can actually tell in a public setting. So um, so that's the schedule for the rest of the way. I appreciate everybody who loves this podcast. There will be another podcast. You, gotta, you just got to find it. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know. Um, and again, whoever they hire here, I'm sure will be doing a podcast as well. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, I know they're actively looking at certain people and uh, the people that I've heard that they're talking to. Great. And let me just give me the, the reason, the biggest reason I am stepping away. I mean, I'm 66 years old. I turned 66 on Saturday. The biggest reason, I, I thought about this, why, why did you decide to do this, Pat? And I went back to Starkville a couple of years ago, and I had, I had plantar fasciitis in my feet, which I get about twice every, you know, Haley's Comet, but I've had it a couple of times. So I had that. I stepped in a huge hole in the middle of the sidewalk in Jackson, Mississippi, which is not much. And then we had we covered the game. It was a late game. It was miserable. It was loud. They the, the and I and I remember we got back to our hotel. We got two hours of sleep. Had to get on a six a.m. flight. 
And, okay, that was step one. And then there was another situation. We had to go to Columbia, Missouri. And I just went, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. Can we work it out so I don't have to do this? I'm, I'm old. I'm decrepit. I don't want to do this kind of stuff anymore. Um, and then I, the more I thought about it, I said, there's a lot of things. The, covering a college football team is a grind. It really is. And I loved it. And I still am going to miss it. Today, I got a, a, a phone call back from somebody who played on the 96 national championship team. And I was waiting for that call. And he called. And I, and I hung up. And, I, and I, I, I put my phone down. And I went, gold, Jerry, gold. Because I still care about getting good quotes and good interviews and stuff. And I'm going to continue to do something somewhere. But the bottom line was... I just didn't want to do it in this um, kind of I, daily grind element anymore. I've got the greatest boss in the world, okay? The, uh, who, who, I, I cannot, I, I, I may get weepy talking about him, Arnold Feliciano. He puts up with so much crap for me. Unbelievable what he puts up. With and uh, I am very, very blessed to have had the job I had. 33 years I've been at the Gainesville Sun, and before that, I worked for another year, a uh, year and a half, as uh, when I was a student here. So, um, I mean, I've, been, I've, got a, I've got a history here, and it's going to be sad to walk out. I was telling Arnold today, I go, that last day I walk out, it's going to be rough on me because um, this has been my life. And, and maybe too much of my life at times, but it's time. It really is time. Uh, they they have the the uh, Gannett people have given us uh, a, a great parachute to get out of here, and I appreciate them very much. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, I will write a farewell column uh, on Monday of uh, I'll be uh, the day before December first because that's our last day of work, and we'll do one more podcast. But um, the um, I've got a lot of things to say in that farewell column about how much this place has meant to me. And, I mean, look, I'm the guy that if you said something bad about the Gainesville Sun in the 1990s or 2000s, I'd have come over the bar. We, we would have gone at it. And I'm not, a, I'm not a fighter. Believe me, I'm a pacifist. But I would come over. I'd come over the bar. You ain't, you aren't talking bad about the Gainesville Sun. So that's how much I love this place. So all that I know, you guys probably only want to hear about what's going to happen this weekend with Florida and Vanderbilt. And I will get to that right after we take a break. You're listening to the duly noted podcast at GatorSports.com. Bring game day tailgates home this season after a stop at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Stock up your huddle with beer, hard seltzers, your favorite wine, or something sparkling. ABC is Florida family-owned and has been getting Gator fans ready for kickoff since 1936. Head inside one of their 125 stores around the state or try their curbside service by ordering online at abcfws.com. 
ABC Access loyalty members can save $10 on wine, 10% on beer and hard seltzers, and earn points toward $5 coupons. ABC, always be celebrating. Hey, Gator fans. How do you chill out each week? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. A perfect moment to unwind in our busy lives. If your game is on, or any game for that matter, reach for Coors Light and that mountain cold refreshment. When you want to chill out, flip through the channels and crack open a cold Coors Light. Each week, the games are getting more and more important. Make sure your refrigerator is stocked up with the one that's made to chill. Coors Light. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a Gator fan who believes that people should be treated better, join ViStar. Our members have enjoyed friendly, personal service since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when entering a branch an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. At ViStar, we never forget that it's your money. Proud partner of the Florida Gators. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. All right, this is going to be an interesting game for the Gators, and only in this respect. Just go play, and you'll be fine. You know, it's not like you got to go play at a high level. Now, I would never tell those guys that, and I know Dan Mullen's not going to tell these guys that. He's not going to say, hey, don't worry about it. Just Look, there was a time with a, a certain coach who's a very good coach at the University of Florida. I'm not saying – he was the best coach, but he won the most national championships. Now, I'm not going to give his name out. Who, who used to tell players when they played against really bad teams, usually it was you know a directional school, hey, it's a stat game, guys. Go get your stats. Now, that's the worst thing you could tell, guys, right? Well, you certainly, in this season where you're playing 10 SEC games, you don't want to tell anybody that. You want them to say to to be playing at again, getting better again this week, right? That's been the whole premise. Get better every week. All right. Your de- defense has shown signs that it can be okay, but it's not there yet. Well, let's be better this week. Let's see how good you can play. Their offense isn't anything special. Their offense is eleventh in the SEC. Make keep them eleventh, right? They've scored the fewest points in the conference. Keep them down there. Passing their 10th, rushing their 11th. They're not any good. We knew they weren't going to be good. They had a bunch of guys opt out before the season. And Vanderbilt, we, we wondered if they would even play the whole season out if they got to that point where they had a chance to go 0-10. But you know what? They've got games left. they got four games left. So 0 and 10, they're they're probably thinking we can go four and six. That's the way you have to think. Their defense is not great. 
They are um, actually they are um, 87th in defense in the country. It's not great. And Florida's not a lot better. Florida's like 67th. Here's another stat you'll love. Vanderbilt has one interception all year. Now, it's not a lot more than Florida because Florida's only, I think, got four. Right? They got the one from Gervon Dexter on the uh, deflected ball in the first game, and they got three against Georgia, and that's it. I think I'm right on that. So this is not a good team Florida's playing. And Florida is a really good team. You just got to go take care of business. And again, this is – look, I'm not going to say win by one, all right? I'm not going to say that. You win by one, it actually hurts you. And it rarely does. There's very few times I'm going to sit here and go, win by one's not good enough. You got to win by more. The worst case scenario is you win by 10. You got to at least do that. And the way this team has played, I mean, it has played at this incredibly high level offensively. There's no reason to think they're not going to win by 30, which is the spread. 40. I mean, if it gets going the wrong way against Vanderbilt, and I'm not saying anything negative about Vanderbilt, but how much how much effort can you be giving when you're down 35 points and there's nobody in the crowd? And I, I wrote about this, and we're going to have Adam Sparks on to talk about it a little bit. There will be about like 1,000 fans there, okay? Now, we've seen the Gators play a lot of games in front of small crowds because of this COVID situation. But it's always been 15, 17, 20 at Texas A&M, 14 at Florida, not 1,000. So you got to bring your own juice, as, as we all know. But main thing you have to do is focus on what you're doing. It's not about the crowd. The crowd's not going to be a factor, so you don't have to worry about that. You should be able to call all your plays that you want to play, call, the other team's going to be able to hear them too, so you better make sure you've disguised them a little bit. You just got to play your game and focus on what you're trying to do and continue to get better. Now, with all the hype for Kyle Trask for Heisman, he could put up, again, numbers. Now, don't forget, uh, look, as, as I sit here now, the other guys are all going to play this week that are Heisman contenders. So blow them away. Blow them off the field. And people won't, you know, like you, if you throw for six against Vanderbilt, people are still going to say he threw for six. As bad as Vandy is, he threw for six. Lawrence had three. Mac Jones had four. Justin Fields had three. Whatever. So it's still going to be a factor in this whole deal. Uh, I checked the weather just because I was curious, even though we're not going there. This again, um, I'm going to go. We, Robbie and I are going to go to the game next week, the Kentucky game at home, and that'll be our last game as Gainesville Sun sports writers. And uh, that, that's why we're going. Uh, it still doesn't make any sense to go because all you're doing is going and watching a game and getting on a, a Zoom call. And, you know, as we, as us, now that we're short timers, we really don't want to go to that game. But I miss, I'm going to miss going to Nashville. I love going to Nashville. That Nashville Marriott's one of my favorite hotels in the world. 
and because they have the greatest sports bar with like multiple TVs against the wall, great food, uh, those hot chicken wings. Oh man, they're unbelievable. I love that place. I've stayed there probably 20 times in my life. So I'm going to miss going up there. And when you go there, there's no traffic. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to worry about cars. I mean, one of the negatives of going to, and this I will not miss this part about going to football games. It's getting stuck in traffic, either going in or going out. The worst in America is out of Alabama, out of Tuscaloosa. It's like three hours before you can even get to the highway. Auburn is, is terrible. I think it's an Alabama, state of Alabama thing. Uh, but everywhere we go, you know, that, that that was always built in. But that was our job, and I get it. Look, I know nobody wants to hear me whine about press boxes and press box food and how hard it was to get in and out of games. I was very lucky to have this job and have a job, but especially have this job for 33 years. I am I am grateful. I want to bow down to the people that made that possible. Don't Don't get me wrong, but... Every job, the best job in the world, has its negative factors, and I won't miss those. I won't miss the negatives, but I will strongly miss the positives. And I'll tell you, the number one positive for me was dealing with people and dealing with listeners and callers and people who read the column and and sent me emails. The outpouring I got after I posted my stuff on on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook yesterday, uh, early in the morning, because I just decided, hey, look, this is this is out there. It's starting to get out there. Let let me address it, and so I put it out there. That outpouring made me cry. It made me feel loved, and I appreciate it so much. Everybody, I read every one of them. I didn't respond to all of them because that would have taken me all day. Uh, but look. I will say this again, and I'm, I'm going to get back to football, I swear. But I'm going to be out there. There's, I'm going to have platforms, okay? There's going to be stuff I'm going to be doing. I just don't know what it is yet. I know a couple things. I'm going to be doing the radio show with Jeff Cardozo every every day from 4 to 6. Can't wait to uh, get out there today. We're actually going to be out of the uh, food fest today. So that's going to be a big part of my life. But i got some other things in the works. There's going to be a duly noted podcast. There's going to be a back nine. I just don't know where, and I will let everybody know. Again, Patrick Dooley54 at uh, gmail.com is going to be my email address, and I'll address it there. I'll address it on Twitter. I'll address it on Facebook. All right. Sorry. Enough about me. I know you're tired of it. I checked um, the weather. 62 degrees to kickoff, so don't nobody can say, eh, we were too cold. It's going to be a beautiful day. Um, you know, obviously, just get your focus. Get your focus right. Oh, yeah. The other thing about their quarterback is going to be good, Ken Seals. But he's thrown eight touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mentioned earlier they have one interception all year. There's a lot of negative things about a, a team that's only six. Shockingly, you can find a lot of negative things in their stats. But it is nerve-wracking a little bit. The only uh, – and again, I know you guys are sick. Pat Dooley's always making me nervous about the game. I did against Arkansas. I had you losing against Georgia. 
Remember last year when I had I thought Tennessee was gonna was that was gonna be a real struggle. What was it, thirty-five to three? I'm not saying there's gonna be any struggle here. I think it'll be fine. But the last two weeks they've shown some life. They haven't quit. They aren't gonna quit. Here's the bottom line. There is gonna be a football game on Saturday. Two teams are gonna show up. If only one team shows up, Florida then the game will be forfeited, and, and, and that will count as a win. But th- that's not going to happen. Vanderbilt will show up. Now, as I say all this, I could find out Vanderbilt tested positive. But the bottom line is that if this game is played, assuming this game is played, and we've lost a bunch of games again this year, this week, assuming this game is played, guys, better show up, better bring your pudding stacks for every game. Read my column in Saturday's paper, 1996 game. That should be all I have to say to a lot of people. For the rest of you, you got to read the column. All right, we got to take a break here. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk to Adam Sparks, who uh, covers um, the Vol. I'm not the Vols. The uh, Commodores for the Tennessean. Eh, that is not an easy job. All right, bad football, bad basketball. Baseball's good, and I don't even know what else they have. Uh, So we'll talk to him about everything that's going on. We'll get to the spreads, as we always do on Thursday, and three things. Still still to come at uh, Gatorsports.com, this is the Duly Noted Podcast. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. And we appreciate our next guest very much. He's been with us before. Adam Sparks from the Tennessean does such a great job covering Vandy. And that is the hardest job in America, covering Vanderbilt. Football and basketball. I mean, at least you've got baseball to live with. I mean, that that's kind of fun, but the football and basketball part of it lately has not been much fun. Yeah, baseball is the it's the the low and then the high when you're when you finish up football, get into the the basketball, and then you suddenly February turns around and say, "Hey, I cover the best team in America." That <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst, and then the, and then the best. But we're still still some cold weather away from getting to baseball absolutely although i will tell you i watched the uh, gator scrimmage the other night you you may have a run for your money there with that team so it'll be that'll be interesting those those are probably the two best teams in the country but let's talk some football and obviously it hasn't gone well for for vanderbilt uh there have been signs of life you know the the points they scored especially late against Kentucky. The, the, I keep going back to that first game, that 17-12 to 12 game against a team that could end up in the college football playoff, which uh, almost amazes me more that, I, that that even happened. But uh, just give us your total assessment of where Vanderbilt football is right now. In retrospect, that A&M game is is such a Vandy game. Historically, that's so Vandy. The hey, that one time, almost you know, there's <laughs> Vandy fans can count one of those per year over the last century. Um, you know, the if I just took it two two sides of the ball, the defense has had its moments, but I'm not sure they figured things out yet. 
they really just kind of have a good quarter here, maybe a good game here and there. Um, the offense is the one that consistently seems to have turned the corner. M- maybe we'll see how this game goes. Although I don't, I don't know if this is the best barometer. Uh, Tennessee next week would probably be a better barometer, but the offense has something. Um, Todd Fitch was a new offensive coordinator this year where they, Derek Mason kind of did one of these end of his tenure on the hot seat. Let's try something different, uh, type of, of, of approaches. He had been a, had been a pro style Stanford offense type of guy and he went out and got a spread guy. And uh, Todd Fitch, who's been a lot of different places, but he was at Louisiana Tech the last few years. And, uh, and it's, it's starting to work. Um, Ken Seals, the freshman quarterback, as he looks like he is the future, he's a guy that's thrown for 300 yards and about three different games. Um, he's probably their best weapon on offense, at least most of the season he has been. And they kind of added a wrinkle this last game. Uh, Mike Wright, who is another freshman quarterback, they brought in two, two freshman quarterbacks. He's a dual threat guy and went, uh, Ken Seals would take them down the field on a 60-70 yard drive. They'd get inside the 10 and they'd pull Seals and put Mike Wright in and, you know, he threw for a touchdown and, and, uh, and ran for a touchdown. Only playing on plays inside like the 7 yard line. And I think they may do a little bit of that this game. So they've got something. They've got a little bit of a running game now. All of their best running back is questionable for this game. Keon Henry Brooks. So th- there's there's something there. There's pieces of something that may be working on offense. Defense has really just rolled the dice at this point. But again, um, you know, we're sitting here, Adam, and I, I think that we all felt like going into this season, well, no, no coaches are going to get fired. And we've already seen three Division One coaches. Obviously, Southern Miss the first week, Utah State uh, a couple weeks ago, and then the big one, Will Muschamp. And I just wonder: is is one and nine versus zero and ten? Is that could that be the difference in whether Derek Mason gets cut, or are they so cash strapped they're just going to continue to to deal with it? Well, I mean, you know, the thing about Vandy is they absolutely have the money to make a change. They've always had the money to make these changes. It's not about money necessarily. It's about prioritizing money. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I've said it many, many times over the years, but the difference in Vanderbilt and the other 13 schools in the conference, it's just different. It's if you list priorities, one ten, you know, football is number one or number two at every other school. And athletics in general is like number seven at Vanderbilt. That's just how it is. So, you know, they usually most years I think Vanderbilt looks for reasons to keep coaches rather than, you know, like in Auburn looks for a reason to fire Gus Malzahn. Uh, Vandy looks for a reason to keep their guy. Right. So, if if Mason beats if Vandy beats Tennessee next week, uh, I don't think they fire him. Um, you know, there seems to be more rolling momentum now to fire Mason and the assumption that if you go 0-10, they kind of have to make a change. And, yes, they're going to have to pay a buyout, which Vandy never likes to do and hardly ever does, but they would go ahead and do it. They have a new chancellor this year, and the rumblings that I've heard is this chancellor is a little more into the idea of making a change at football sooner than later. And, and and trying to do something with football. We'll, we'll see if that's the case. But, I mean, there's so many factors here. The fact that the season is now stretched to at least December 12th, um, and then you've got signing day on December 16th, I can easily see Vandy in a boardroom saying, well, we were going to fire him, but 
you know, it's now it's, we're going to have to fire him after the season on the 13th, and we don't want to lose those recruits in three days, and ah, we'll just put it off till next year. It's a pandemic year. I, I can see them making excuses right. and yeah. In some boardroom in a month for that. I, I definitely could see that. And uh, who knows? They may have to play the 19th because we don't know. You know, uh, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, we had Greg Sankey for our quarterback club, and he's like, don't get married to the schedule we have left, okay? <laughs> We've got a schedule for this weekend. And then, and, and then we'll see where we go from here because I think there's going to be some adjustments to everybody's schedule, and we'll see how that goes. But I'm curious because you and I talked on Monday and you helped me out with my lead note to my back nine about the attendance situation. Why was Vanderbilt that um, restrictive from the start, only letting a few students in, keeping them all in that one end zone? I I, I think it's the south end zone. Um, I'm not good on on directions in, in Nashville. It's the far end zone. That's all I know from the press box. Uh, why were they that way when everybody else was letting 10, 12, 15, we don't know how many were at Texas A&M when they played Florida, a uh, thousand people in? I mean, it's, it's uh, again, it's it's very Vandy. It's the difference in Vandy and everywhere else. Um, I mean, some people will listen to this and think there's a little bit of a political bend to that. I, I won't deny that that's the case because um, everything's political these days, or at least seems that way. But it's just... Again, it's the, it's the priorities I, I, I talked about before. So a, a normal SEC school, the other SEC schools will look at it and say, well, there's public health and all these sort of things. We'll spread people out. But, I mean, we've got to have people at a, at, a, at a football game. So we'll have some in. Vandy looks at it and says, well, you know, public health and all these things, that's got to be number one. And football, that's not even in the top ten. It's just football. And so, you know, they go to the sort of the nth degree on those things. They let students in because uh, students are tested weekly. I don't, I don't think as many campuses that do that, certainly in the SEC. Right. They test every single student weekly, and because the, the, also their enrollment is low, so they can do that. Uh, you know, the idea of not letting fans in or even parents in, they took a PR hit on that, not letting yeah. players, parents in. That was a big one. I think what they were doing is the fact that if you do that, the SEC policy is you then have to give up 500 comp tickets to the opponent. So I think they looked at it and said, well, we're kind of maybe okay letting families and players in, but if we do that, you know, we're going to let these, uh, you know, these rubes from Gainesville and Knoxville <laughs> and who knows where, you know, come in here and they don't, they're not going to wear their masks and we're going to have to tell them to socially distance. And, you know, it's, it, I think that's a whole lot of it. We're, we're, we're kind of okay with a few of our people, but not the opponents. And this week they are allowing that. They're finally uh, backing down on letting Ken Seal's parents see him play in person and not through the window of a Marriott. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was that was his first ever uh, home start against LSU. They, and there were also people in the parking garage that overlooked the stadium that stood up there and, and, and watched games. It was a, it was an odd sight. And yeah, so these. You know, I mentioned the two quarterbacks, Seals and Wright, the two freshman quarterbacks. Their parents have gone to, I think, every road game, both of those players' parents. And so they watch them on the road, but they haven't watched them at home. It's it's, it's really strange. Well, obviously, um, Florida's a huge favorite, 30-point favorite. And I'm just wondering, Adam, because I know you watched all the SEC and you, you uh, really know the SEC very well. When you look at this Florida team and you're, you're look at this Vanderbilt team, 
Um, it, it's got to feel like a boat race is about to happen. But I mean, what what? How do you? Is there a path to victory for Vanderbilt? Uh, no, there's not. <laughs> there's not. I mean, uh, if Dan Mullen wasn't the coach, uh, yes, because if you remember, just a few years back, these were games that. Vandy would, you know, lose like nine to seven, and you know these were close games for a while. Uh, with Mullen there, no, because Mullen is going to press the issue. He's going to be aggressive. Um, you know, I think Kyle Trask is is uh, legitimately in the Heisman race right now, especially the fact that you know we don't know how many games Trevor Lawrence is going to end up with, and Mac Jones is right. going to end up with, right. and you know. I think this is a game where Kyle Trask tries to throw for another six touchdowns, and Vandy could give that up. Uh, Matt Corral at Ole Miss threw for, threw for uh, six touchdowns and Plumlee threw for a seventh. So Kyle Trask can bump up those numbers quite a bit in this game. And, I, you know, I think, I think the fact that this Florida team will press the gas, punch the gas, you know, it leaves very little room for Vandy to win. I mean, Vandy could – you know, do the the old thing where you get a lot of turnovers you don't expect, and it's low scoring, and that sort of thing happens. I, I just don't see that scenario in this game. Though. I think this is a terrible matchup for, for Vandy. Well, Adam, I uh, I've appreciated all the times you've come on, not only this podcast but my radio show, and there will be another podcast down the road at another platform. But uh, uh, and we will make sure we have you on because you're as good as they get. And I appreciate your time and. Uh, Good luck with everything, and uh, I won't be up there. I know you're going to miss me, but uh, and please enjoy the game. We'll leave a socially distanced uh, seat open for you in the press box. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just in case. I love it. Adam Sparks from the Tennessee and does a great job covering Vanderbilt in all sports, and we appreciate his time. We'll take a break, come back with more of the Duly Noted Podcast right after this break. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, Billy Noted Podcast. Appreciate Adam Sparks for joining us. Such a good guy. We've gotten to know each other really well over the last few years, and uh, really, really uh, knows what he's talking about about Vanderbilt, which is not the most fun thing, as I said, in the world, as we all know. Okay, um, yeah, we've lost some games again. I, I Michigan State Maryland just got canceled before I came in here. Mike Loxley has uh, COVID, and um, look, Greg Sankey, as I mentioned earlier, said the other night, we have no idea what the schedule is going to look like next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. So everybody's kind of getting a little bent out of shape about who who's Florida going to play and the week before the SEC championship you're going to have to play LSU we don't know who you're gonna, who anybody's going to play and that that was the impression I got from him that we just don't know that we this week's games are scheduled we'll see how many are played and then we'll it could be that they put everything in and and try to reschedule the whole thing from the SEC perspective okay so you do you reschedule the whole thing, and then the next week you go. Now we got to reschedule it again. Here's all we know: the East winner and the West winner will play in the SEC championship game. We don't even know for sure if it's going to be the 19th, because there's a lot of talk about moving it back. Think about that: Christmas, the day after Christmas, would be the next date. But look, 
It's a weird year. It is a different year. No, it's not a fair year. You just go and play the game that's in front of you. That's all you can do. We all want to see it get back to normal where we know who's playing when. We know what time they're playing. We know who they're playing. We know that they're playing. We don't even know that this year. We don't even know that this week. Friday morning, like 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 uh, Greg Sankey said when we had, we were talking to him the other day, he goes, "You wake up Friday morning, you're like, oh God, please don't be any bad news. We had I don't want to cancel any more games, but a lot could change between now and then." Bill Hancock came out today and said, "We're not moving the the playoffs." Well, you don't know that. You right now you're not moving the playoffs. Yeah, you may move them later they don't want to because then they bump into nfl playoff games they've got all these dates set they've got the venue set but it's not like they're trying to bring fans in because nobody's i saw where the uh like the championship game is i think the 10th of january at the hard rock and i think they are only going to allow thirteen thousand fans which is what miami dolphins and hurricanes do so imagine that, a championship game with 13,000 fans. You want to move that back a week? I got no problem with that. So we'll see how this all – like I've told you before, don't look at the finish line. The finish line is very blurry. Look at this week, get a win Saturday, come back, figure out who you're playing next week. That's all you can do. All right, we're going to talk about some of the spreads. Uh, it is the week of the 30-point spread. Kentucky is getting 30 against Alabama. Alabama. Now, I will say this. If I was going to take one of these 30-point spreads, it would be that one. Kentucky, I don't know. I, they're hard to figure out what they're going to do every, week to week. You know, last week they were able to score points. Obviously, they're playing for their, their coach who'd passed away, offensive line coach. Uh, but But – you know, um, defensively, they didn't play very well against a, a Vandy team that's not very good. Um, I just feel like Kentucky might be able to – but here's the problem. When you're playing against a team and you're Kentucky and you can't really throw the ball very well and you're playing against a team like Alabama and all of a sudden you go, oh, my gosh, it's a big crimson tide rolling right over us, which is where they got the name, by the way. But, yeah. So next thing you know, it's 21 nothing, And now you're done. The game's over. You can't score 21 points in a row. And that's where, and then you start pressing, and next thing you know, it's 42-7. to seven. So that's why I wouldn't touch that game. Same with the Florida game. Florida's 31-and-a-half over South Carolina. I'm South Carolina. Vandy. Why did I write down South Carolina? But I did. Uh, over Vandy. But it's the same kind of thing. I thought the spread last week was way too high. I covered it easily. When they get it going, there's a little give up on the other side, but more than that, you get that confidence level. Now, if Vandy or Kentucky can stifle things early and all of a sudden they're in actual competitive football games, whether it's uh, Alabama or Florida, yeah, now you start to think differently. Clemson. 35-point favorite over Florida State. It started at 29. That's a big jump, six points, for a spread like that. But would I bet FSU and take the 35? No. I I might have bet on FSU when they had Tamron Terry and uh, 
and Wilson and well, that's probably about it. But I I, I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't touch it on either end. I you never would bet on a team giving thirty five points to a, another team that just a couple of years ago was winning the Orange Bowl. Two years ago, three oh three years ago, they won the Orange Bowl. Now they're a thirty five point underdog to Clemson. That's that's amazing. Uh, so some of the other spreads quickly. Uh, Missouri was a one point favorite of South Carolina. Of course, Muschamp gets fired. Guys are opting out all over the place. Now it's up to six and a half. I this may be my lock bet of the week. I think Missouri will kill South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina has any want to left in them after their coach got fired. Uh, you know, I, I love it when a, when a team says, we're going to play for Coach Muschamp. We're going to play for Coach Zook. Why didn't you play for him when you were, when his job was on the line? Forget that. The, the game of the week, really, to me, and I know there are bigger games in, uh, in the country, but to me, being a, an SEC guy, the game of the week is LSU-Arkansas. I'm curious to see how it works out. LSU is getting two and a half points. I would jump on that. I don't think Arkansas can score with LSU. Um, I, I'm not saying LSU is going to stop Arkansas, but Arkansas is more of a team that is that will kind of uh, like a what do they call that expression? It's like a, a thousand needles or whatever. It, it's, a, it's better than that. I can't remember the expression. They will kind of pick at you and, and eventually score points. LSU can can go for the big point. Terrace Marshall. Of course, a great player. I just think LSU ends up winning that game by scoring in the 40s, and I don't think Arkansas can get there. That's my feeling. Maybe that's the lock of the week. Indiana is a 20-point underdog against Ohio State in a battle of unbeatens. Says a lot about Ohio State. I don't think anybody – I, I will watch that game. It should be interesting. I wouldn't bet on it, though. Mississippi State. 25-point underdog against Georgia. It is JT Daniels' first game. Now, my first thought is, well, he's not played a game since early last year. Mississippi State getting 25 with a good defense. Yeah, they're actually pretty good on defense. They're third in the SEC in defense. That might be a great bet. But I just, I mean, I don't know what offensively what they're going to do. They're they're weird. <laughs> they're, well, they're weird as their coach. But again, I think that's a pretty good bet as well. Tennessee's getting ten and a half at Auburn. Have they have they mailed it in the Vols? You think we'll find out? See who the quarterback is. A big game that isn't getting a lot of attention, but it is on the uh, some of the uh, football networks. Cincinnati and UCF. I mean, this is the game Cincinnati has to win to have any chance at the playoffs, which I think don't think they have any chance. They're going to have to hope for absolute disasters. They're going to have to hope for Alabama to lose twice, Florida to lose twice, Texas A&M to lose at least one more. Um, you know. Probably Notre Dame. Uh, so Notre Dame gets in, and, Cle- and Clemson has to lose another game. Not not just a Notre Dame game. Pac-12. Nobody can be undefeated. That, that they're going to have to do something like that. So 
I don't think they're getting in. But it's still a big game for them, and UCF is leading the nation in scoring. So I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Liberty, a three-and-a-half points underdog to NC State on the road. Liberty's ranked. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. I, uh, I'm still it, – it's hard to tell how good Liberty is. They've beaten some mediocre ACC teams, which most of that league is mediocre this year. And finally, Oklahoma State getting seven at Oklahoma should be interesting. The, the spread actually came down from 10 to seven. Um, I think Oklahoma's the best team in that conference, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch it. All right, we've got to get to three things because that's what we do at this time, and we'll do it right now. It's time for three things. Number one, the SEC had six players taken in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and they all weren't from Kentucky. Uh, This league is is recruiting very well, illegally at times, but they're recruiting very well. Anthony Edwards is the first pick. I am not sold on Anthony Edwards the way some people are. I think he has tremendous offensive skills. You look at a guy that's that big and and that talented – and it, 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 you think what he could turn into, and he may. But he didn't play in any defense, and he's he's a very selfish player. I was never that impressed with him as an opponent. You know what I mean? When you watched him play and you were playing against him, went, he may go for 35, but they ain't winning because he's not going to facilitate other players. I was not a big fan, but I went maybe way wrong, and he may turn out to be the next Michael Jordan. My gut is no, that I'm right about that. But five other SEC players taken, which says a lot about the conference and maybe how much they're paying. Number two, the NFL is going with strict protocols now, uh, really trying to cut things down. But the funny thing is, um, it's it's so hard to – because, look, we're still in the – not even, not even in the middle of the pandemic. We're at the peak of the pandemic right now. We had the most deaths from the from COVID, I think yesterday, uh, that we've ever had. So, um, and they're still playing football. I mean, the, the obvious thing would be to say, "Hey, let's shut it down. Everybody go home, stay in their houses." But they're not going to do that, obviously, for the money. Um, it's interesting to see what they're trying to do in terms of you know face shields and. So many people in the in the uh, weight room, virtual meetings instead of regular meetings, and then let's go out and sweat and spit all over each other. I don't know. I don't know if that if I don't know the answer. These those answers are way above my pay grade. But um, obviously, I think the Raiders had another outbreak. It, it it's just something that's never going to go away. We're going to be dealing with this for a long time, and. Uh, I mean, one. I, I thought about this the other day. I was watching a, an old game, maybe from just three or four years ago. Packed crowd, everybody's kissing and hugging. I'm like, man, those were the good old days. Those are the good old days when somebody come up to you and pat you on the back, or somebody come up, uh, uh, you know, you'd meet somebody that you was you were friends with, and they give you a kiss on the cheek. Those were the good old days. I don't know. If, I hopefully we'll get back to them one day. Uh, number three, 
Uh, the, the NCAA has got a new recruiting dead period. It's going to go all the way to April 15th. And I know coaches don't like it. I know they, they're you know, everything we have to do is by watching guys on video. And I get that. And I was talking to Sully about it the other day. They're, they're having to scout every player by watching them on video. And what this is going to mean is not the guys aren't going to get opportunities. The, the number of scholarships aren't changing. In fact, they've gone up because of players getting to have that extra time, the extra year. So actually players are getting more scholarship offers in terms of how many scholarships are available or are used. So it's not that players aren't getting the same opportunities or better opportunities in some cases. It's just that coaches have to hit on the right guys and guys who might actually be pretty good, but coaches aren't able to see them for whatever reason and they, um, so they don't get the chance to go play Division One baseball or or golf or or anything, and that that's where I think that's where it actually is an issue. But the fact is, there's just going to be just as many next year. There's going to be just as many players on scholarship as there always is. So it's not like nobody's getting a chance. It's just that maybe. Players that aren't as good are going to get a better chance than others because you have to. You can only watch them on video. Am I making any sense? I hope so. Anyway, I will be back, and again, it'll be next Thursday. Next week, it'll be Thursday. I mean, I'm sorry, Wednesday. I screwed that up. Next Wednesday, I will be back and uh, be doing a, a kind of a double podcast uh, because of the holidays. So we'll look back at the Vanderbilt game. We'll look ahead at the Kentucky game. We'll talk about the spreads and all that. You know you know how it works. So we'll do that, and then the final one will be Tuesday. The following Tuesday, Robbie Andrew will sit in with me for the entire episode, and we'll just talk about our memories in uh, our great time at the Gainesville Sun. And it has been great, believe me. Until next time, I am Pat Dooley. I'm the sports columnist at the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here.